Welcome to Milo Time, where we dive into the list of things that Milo loved and spend some time with my beautiful, amazing, awesome, fantastic boy, Milo. Welcome to another episode of Milo Time. Daryl Kessler along with Lisa Cohen. Hi, Daryl. Hey, Lisa. How are you? Good. Good, good. It was uh, good to see your husband, Dave, at... uh, Madison Square Garden last night for some yeah. NCAA basketball. Nice. I heard. I heard there was a hookup of some kind of CBS free <laughs> free grub and drink situation. I, I have to confess, I set your husband up because <laughs> he he said to me, "Well, we could meet beforehand." He was kind enough to get the tickets through CBS, which was great. And he said we could meet beforehand. We can either go somewhere or CBS is doing this thing and we can eat for free. And I kind of played it coy, like, I don't know, Dave, which one do you want to do? And <laughs> well, I, I think it's obvious. I think it was kind of obvious, but it was very, very generous to get the tickets and very generous to include me with the CBS crew. Um, yeah, was, he said he didn't talk. You didn't talk to anybody from work, though. No, he Just did no, he did no work Stuffed your faces talk. and moved along. <laughs> That's exactly what we did. And he pointed out that it was like a meeting for advertisers and the people at CBS who have to entertain them. So... It looked like the disinterest was mutual. Dave wasn't that interested in speaking to people, and people didn't look all that excited to spend their time right. on him either. So yeah. it was actually, we saw some good basketball, though, which good. was great. That's good. So as our listeners know, on this show, we dig into the list of things that Milo loved. And as always, Lisa does the honor of making the selection. So Lisa, is anything piquing your interest today from the list of things Milo loved? Uh, this one piques my interest mostly because I... I recognize the name, and I know it's a big thing, and I never read it, and so I feel like maybe I'll get an education today. Confederacy of Dunces. Some people out there might know that uh, of Confederacy of Dunces. Others might not. Confederacy of Dunces is a satirical book. Again, I may not have all the details right. It was written by a guy named John Kennedy Toole. I think that's the right name. And it's the only book he ever wrote. And I believe the story is that his mother discovered the book, the manuscript for the book, in the author's bedroom where he still lived with his mother, in in the home in which he still lived with his mother, after he died. I think he committed suicide. Everything I just said might be incorrect, but <laughs> I we, believe... Would you like to consult the internet on <laughs> we'll this? We'll have to consult the internet and redo this episode <laughs> if that's inaccurate. But I believe the story is that he wrote a book, never did anything with it. The manuscript sat in his bedroom, and after he committed suicide, his mother discovered it, sent it off to a publishing house who recognized it immediately as sort of a brilliant piece of satire and comedy. Uh, this was a book that, among the small number of books that Milo, a small number of fiction books, I should say, that Milo read on his own. And it's sort of an interesting story behind, I think, behind why Milo read, why Milo read it. Um, so this book is sort of a notorious, I wouldn't call it counterculture. It's not like from the 60s, but it's um, sort of a, no- a notorious iconoclastic main character whose name completely escapes me. But it's very funny. It's very subtle. The character himself is a delusional character. And we see him both through his own eyes and through the eyes of other people. And part of the comedy of the book is the disparity between how this guy sees himself as this beautiful Adonis and how he really appears to people mm. uh, in the real world. Um, but the interesting things about the book 
from an outsider is that it was largely unedited because the author of the book had died already. So it was printed largely as it was found Mm. in his room. And it's just incredibly funny. The reason that Milo initially was interested in it, over the years, I remember discussing with Milo that two of my college roommates were mathematics majors, Jody Brandt and Dave Bartels, you know, both of them. Mm -hmm. And Milo met Jody a couple of times and he met Bartels, Dave Bartels a couple of times. And you won't find it surprising to hear that I used to say to him sometimes, even before Milo became a math major at Brooklyn Tech, that the way he, Milo, spoke reminded me of the way Dave Bartel spoke and the way that Jody spoke. There was a way that, the deliberate way that they spoke, these two math majors, that reminded me of and was reminiscent of the way Milo spoke, also even as a young person. And on the few occasions that Milo met Dave Bartels, he was always very intrigued by him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know Dave very he's, well. He's intriguing. He's intriguing. He's an unusual character. We don't need to make the whole show about Dave Bartels. We could. We could. We could make a whole <laughs> separate podcast about Dave Bartels. But Dave is an extremely smart um, and clever and funny and very quiet. Dry. Dry. Bone dry. Bone dry person but extremely funny and extremely opinionated and very confident in his own opinion, some of which sort of run contrary to what is conventional wisdom. And he and Milo and Dave Bartell sort of had a connection, I think, in that regard. And Milo felt that not only was Dave's math mind admirable and something that was familiar to him, but the idea of having opinions that were based on your internal logic and that those opinions could withstand scrutiny, even if it was a minority position among your friends or a minority Mm -hmm, position mm -hmm. among your family. Um, And that was classic uh, Dave Bartels. And I do remember even in college, Bartels having opinions that when he would voice them would seem out there, but he would already have given them full thought and was perfectly ready to defend them. And by the time he had defended them, they were completely logical and made perfect sense to you. Anyway, so... Um, I, I never knew that Milo uh, aspired to that. I yeah. mean, that, it's great. It's it, it, it's it says a lot about him. That yeah. that's, that, that's of your friends yeah. who he picked out to I, kind of... It's an interesting thing because he didn't know him well. Milo and I visited Chicago once... I don't remember what summer it was, but he was still very young. It might have been when Max started going to sleepaway camp, but Milo hadn't gone yet, which mean that Milo was in like Little. first grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was intrigued by Dave Bartels. He was intrigued by Matt Miller also as a great, because Matt was such a great basketball player. But he was really intrigued by um, Bartels' personality and probably from what he had heard us mm-hmm. say about Dave mm-hmm. as well. Um, but as he got older, he learned that Bartels... Um, loved the book Confederacy Mm -hmm. of Dunces. And it was intriguing to Milo that here was a fellow math mind who found this piece of fiction to be so interesting. And uh, Milo picked it up and read it really, really quickly. At at what age? Um, He was probably about 14, Mm -hmm. probably about 14 at the time. He read it and and Is the main character 
a, a young what stage of life is the main character in? The character is probably in his twenties. Um, and again, I apologize if I don't have the details exactly right. Um, I remember that he was the character. Uh, part of the joke is that he's looking, he's working a job that's sort of manual labor. He believes that it's beneath him, but he sort of aggrandizes his position into something more important than it is, or self-aggrandizes the position into something that's more important than it actually is. That leads me to believe he was in his 20s or so. Mm-hmm. Um but Milo loved it. He absolutely loved this book. Uh, he thought it was phenomenal. He thought it was fascinating. And I think there, I mean, many people have loved that book. I like it very much too. And you don't certainly don't have to be a math major, but there was something about the iconoclastic main character, the type of very dry and subtle comedy in the book that definitely appealed to Milo. And I can certainly understand why it appealed to the the uh, the equally dry Dave Bartels as well. Um, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, and in fact, I'm talking about Dave Bartels quite a bit, and I did mention Jody Brandt earlier, uh, but Milo used to joke um, that among our friends, there was only a very small group. And some of the people I'm going to mention right now will be surprised to learn that in Milo's mind, they were members of a club. Mm. And they were members of a club that Milo called, I think he either called it the Quiet Club (laughs) or the Chill Club. (laughs) And it was a club that Milo had in his own mind decided of adults who weren't always eager to be the center of attention, but somehow had the confidence of their opinions and of their Mm -hmm. convictions. Mm -hmm. And... I'm not sure how Milo drew distinctions. Dave Hillman is not in the Quiet Club. <laughs> right. He would not be in the Quiet Club <laughs> or the Chill Club, nor yourself, even though you are you know, certainly confident and capable of defending your own opinions and reaching them, of course. But um, this club included, if I'm, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody, but certainly Dave Bartels and Jody Brandt. And it includes our great friend, Marie Noxon. And it includes our great friend, Jeff Muchnick. And... I'm probably forgetting one or two other people, but the running joke in the family was that this group never had a meeting because no one bothered to call. <laughs> no one bothered to like set up a call right. and do it. Everyone was so chill and right. so quiet Too and chill. so confident in their own abilities and, and, and their own opinions and whatever else that they never had a meeting because no one ever right. scheduled it. Right. Um, but I, I mentioned that book and, you know, thinking about, that particular book, which Milo loved, which I think he uh, drew his interest in it from from me and from Dave Bartels. Um, there were a couple of other books that, as he before you before yeah, you move yeah. on, I just want to also point out that uh, Jody, I recall, um, did some math with Milo. Yes, remotely, yes. maybe while yes. he was treating. Absolutely, that's a great call. That's a great call. So. When Milo was treating late in his treatments, um, after we've, we'd had some serious um, challenges already presented to us, Milo was taking classes remotely at Northeastern. This was his freshman first semester. And he was looking for other math challenges because... Based on his education at Brooklyn Tech, 
he had exhausted the remote options at Northeastern. There were no other math classes for him to take. So two things he started doing at the end of 2021 and then the beginning of 2022. The second thing he did was he started studying multivariable calculus with his high school math teacher. He started that in January and, and, and tragically only made it through a couple of remote classes with Dr. Blosey um, when he, he, he couldn't do the work anymore. Um, but towards the end of 2021, he took a class online with an, some institutes, some mathematics institute based in the, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And it was run by an organization that would employ as contractors math teachers. Mm -hmm. And this actually is a great segue into the point I was getting to. Um, Milo's all-time favorite book is a book called Infinite Powers, which is a book about how calculus dictates everything in our world. And it's written by a guy named Stephen Strogatz. And this guy, Stephen Strogatz, who I believe is a math professor at Cornell, was teaching a class remotely at this oh. math institute. And I don't know the subject matter, and I'm sure I wouldn't understand it if I did. But <laughs> I reached out to Jody and I just said, you know, Milo is signing up for this math class with Stephen Strogatz. By the way, I had told Jody that Milo loved Stephen Strogatz's book, Infinite Powers. Jody read it and loved it also. Mm -hmm. And I told Jody, I'm going to read it. And I told Milo, I'm going to read it. But starting on like page six, I'm going to start needing some help. And sure enough, I made it through about the first 60 pages. And uh -huh. I was calling Jody and asking Milo all the time, like, what? I'm kind of yeah. lost here a little bit. Anyway. Kind of. Yeah, kind of lost. I mean, <laughs> I was very lost. Uh, but that, uh, what ended up happening was Milo and Jody remotely participated in a number of drop-in sessions with this professor Strogatz and it was the two of them and I think Jody did one maybe two classes and it was all remote and somehow there was a way that the software they were using to do the class allowed students Jody and Milo included to do proofs mm -hmm. and I remember very clearly there was a question posed by the professor about a proof and Milo volunteered himself to do the proof and he did the proof. Again, I don't know exactly what any of this means that I'm saying, <laughs> but did the proof Sounds incredible. Right, in front of the whole class because I wasn't participating in the class, obviously, but while they were still on the call, Jody sent me a text, which I still have on my phone. I took a picture of it that just said, what a great proof Milo just did wow. in this class. And, um, it was really a beautiful connection um, that they had, and it was it's it, it's it gives me great joy to know that not only that Jody got to spend some time with Milo, yeah. they both did something that they chose to do because they just and had kicked a natural, your ass at I, it. I kicked my ass at it, but had a natural love for <laughs> right. it, and that really is the segue to the other thing. When I was thinking about Confederacy of Dunces and the other two books that I think about when I think about books that Milo really loved, he loved that Infinite Powers book by Stephen Strogatz and. You were absolutely correct to remind me of the class that Milo took, taught by Strogatz, with with my dear friend and his friend, Jody Brandt. And also, um, now it seems like a throwaway, but he had this love that Dave Bartels also had for the Shakespeare play Macbeth. I just mentioned that because um, Milo loved it when he read it. And then while he was treating, uh, probably at the end of... 
2020, maybe the beginning of 2021, when uh, movie theaters had opened up again, but with masks and everything else, there was a, a little noticed, I think, Denzel... Mm-hmm. Um, Francis McDormand. Yeah, De- Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand version of Macbeth on film, and Alana Milo and I went and saw it, knowing that he loved the play so much. Mm. And the movie was terrific, and it was really true to the play, almost verbatim. What is a, what is What do he and Bartels get out of it that you think is special to the way they saw it? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, Dave Bartels and I spent the semester together in uh, overseas in Oxford, and we used to take this bus all the time into London to go see theater. And to the point where by the time we left, we had seen literally everything that was showing in London. But probably the best thing that we saw um, at the Old Vic Theater, we saw a relative unknown, at least in the United States, Ian McKellen, play Iago in Othello. Wow. Um, and it was we waited online for about five hours and then sat. We couldn't get a seat. It was so well reviewed in, in London at the time that we sat on the stairs in the aisle for the length of the play, which went about three and a half hours. And it was worth every minute. It was phenomenal. And what anyone sees in it, I think... Um, Aside from just the great writing and all the great lines that Iago has, um, there are some real contemporary themes in there about race, which is sort of incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's just a really good plot in um, Macbeth, um, plots that revolve around themes that current uh, shows and movies currently revolve around, envy, Mm. mistrust, um, infidelity. And it was uh, presented in a really interesting way. And there were just some great lines. And it really is um, has a lot of the elements of what some more contemporary drama has. Mm. And I can only assume that in one way or another, Macbeth and even some other Shakespeare plays appeal not only to an artistic mind, but also to a mathematic mind. Because I do remember Bartels loved it. And Milo immediately upon reading it in high school loved it. And then also really loved the movie as well. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He had he had he had math and art. Yeah, and there was that connection. There was that yeah. connection on those those works that we discussed on this episode. There was a a math and art connection that um, that gives me great joy to to think about. That gives me great joy to think Rare. about the connection between Milo and some of my friends that um, none of them would have admitted because they were all so chill. But uh, <laughs> but was definitely there. Was definitely there. Nice. That's all the time we have on this episode. We hope you'll join us again on Milo Time, where we one more time dig into things that Milo loved. Thank you.